episode 119 of the Pit Say the Fans podcast. We have a lot to get to, not a lot of time. So, Sam, let's just jump right into it with probably what was the biggest story over the past couple of days. And since we are recording on Wednesday, and obviously we release on Thursday, the biggest news was not actually the two games. It was actually Tom Brady announced his retirement. He it got announced, and then he said he he hadn't announced it yet. And then he officially announced it. So it was a whole big debacle. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he has retired um, after what could be considered maybe the greatest run in professional sports um, ever. I have a bunch of Tom Brady numbers that I'll talk about throughout the show. Um, the one that I want to start with for him, just because I think it's funny for you and me and people our age who. You know, he's been in the league for 22 seasons, and Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm 23, and you're 22, so it's one of those things where we we haven't known an NFL without Tom Brady, and to put this into perspective, the last time Brady wasn't an active NFL player, I have some stuff that was going on in the world at that time. So LeBron James, LeBron James was a freshman in high school, yeah, right? Okay. The Buccaneers and the Patriots hadn't won any Super Bowls yet. That's pretty that crazy. The Rams had won the Super Bowl. All right. Mac Jones was one year old. <laughs> <laughs> Apple hadn't released the iPod yet. Not even the iPhone, just the the iPod. Nokia phones were in, and this is from Bleacher Report. Hey, they were um, so, in after Tom Brady. Was so in here's the here's the picture, the Nokia phone, <laughs> the big old brick block thing. My first uh, my first ever phone was a Nokia phone. There you go. It was a Nokia touchscreen. Um, Carlos Santana's Maria Maria was number one on the Billboard. PlayStation the PlayStation Two was released. Oh, and then Tiger Woods. <clears throat> had won just two of his 15 majors. So that was all the stuff that was going on in the world the last time Brady was not in the NFL. Obviously, a lot has changed. And there's so much that can be said about Tom Brady. Sam, I'll let you uh, start it off with just your thoughts on on Brady and his career. Yeah, I think um, I'd take the maybe out of the greatest – uh, sports career we've ever had I think he's hands down the best had the best career the most successful career with any metrics you can rate it either individual he has every single individual record a quarterback could have every single um, achievement he's won MVP Super Bowl MVPs and then from a team standpoint just the years and years of consistency with winning divisions winning Super Bowls getting to the Super Bowls uh, I think any metric you can rate a person's career, Tom Brady exceeded every single expectation and has completely raised the bar that might be unreachable for every single guy that's in the league right now. And it's completely, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I know for me, I think I almost take Tom Brady's greatness for granted. Like, you know, he's going to be there and his teams are going to be in it whether it be the New England Patriots with whatever roster they have, whatever Joe Schmo they're throwing out there at wide receiver, he's going to make them look good. Um, 
and even turn around a Tampa Bay team that had been that had made the playoffs in years and immediately makes them into a contender. Like you just think, oh, Tom and that his team is going to be there at the end. And now next year when it opens up, I mean, we we thought the same when when he opened in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform, and that looked weird. When it it turns out that he's not going to be in the league, and we're going to have an opening NFL weekend without Tom Brady, it's going to be so bizarre. Yeah, so you had mentioned where he ranks all time. I have a bunch of his numbers right here. So he's going to leave the NFL number one at pass yards, pass touchdowns, wins, win percentage, Pro Bowls, Super Bowl appearance, Super Bowl wins, Super Bowl MVPs, conference championships, playoff yards, playoff touchdowns, playoff wins. So that was, I mean, just going along with what you said, that's such a great stat about Brady just to show I mean he in American sports history I mean he's got to be he'd be number one I think in my opinion at least I know a lot of people might point to I heard this argument being thrown um, about was uh, Wayne Gretzky and his success but I but we I don't know we didn't see Wayne Gretzky and I obviously don't we we don't watch Mm -hmm. hockey so it's hard for us to put into perspective so um, but it'd be one of those things where if the argument was going to come down to those two people, then Brady, I think, has a ridiculously strong case. And one of my favorite stats that I actually heard about Brady this weekend that I want to <clears throat> uh, that I want to talk about, or at least mention here, is so Brady's record, right, in his career. Well, actually, let me give you the other guys first. So this is career wins including the playoffs okay so drew Brees has 181 okay he's at the top of this list ben roethlisberger has 178 elway yeah. has 162 marino rogers um rivers montana and eli are all right below that now i mentioned drew Brees had 181 career wins including the playoffs right tom brady won 193 more games than he actually lost. So his total record is 278 and 85. So you have Breeze who's at 181 mm-hmm. and then Brady was at 278. So winning 193 more games than he actually lost. That that was the stat that really stuck with me over over this week because that just putting that into perspective is absolutely insane it's Mm -hmm. absolutely insane I mean there's no I don't think there's anything that we can say on this show that's going to be any that's going to that hasn't been said about Tom Brady before Um, the only thing that I'm trying to do is just at least trying to put some numbers into perspective on just how how great he actually was because you're right maybe it's going to be one of those things where now that he's gone, I mean, for every year for us, it was like, good Lord, like he's back. Oh my God, he's back. And there are so many people who would obviously, and myself included, be like, you got to be kidding. Like, this is another year of Brady being in the Super Bowl. But mm-hmm. it was one of those things where in the moment, it was annoying because it was him every single year. He was the most sure bet you could make in football. If you bet on him every single season, you probably made a lot of money. <laughs> um, yeah. So 
the thing about it is, is that now that he's gone, not having that, you know, it, it is going to, it is going to be really, really interesting. And, you know, with Brady retiring, you go back to all of the quarterbacks that have retired over the past couple of years. Brady's gone. Both Mannings are gone. Breeze is gone. Roethlisberger just retired. Rivers just retired. Rodgers is getting close to the end of his career. You have all of these all-time great quarterbacks who have been around and in the league for pretty much our entire time, and now they're all going to be gone. You know, Brady was one of the last guys to fall. Rodgers is going to be that last one, that last domino to tip. Yeah. And then we're going to have a league full of quarterbacks who, you know, obviously we didn't grow up with. So it's 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 an interesting turn of the page for for the league because, like I said, Brady was one of the last ones of, I guess, the previous generation of quarterbacks to still be in the league. And yeah, I mean, he's been the face of the league. I mean, he's been the face of one of the biggest franchises that's been on the biggest stage um and he's that one guy that i think just because he's playing automatically tips the scale no matter what you think about the team that he's playing on any of those countless new england teams and then both the tampa bay teams when you see oh tom's playing on the other side and this is a big stage game it automatically makes you makes you like almost doubt what's going to happen it's like i believe that this team can beat the Patriots or beat the Bucks, but that number 12 is on the other side. And I just know he's going to get it done. We've seen it more times than not that he's going to get, I don't think there's any player that you can really say that about that has come through the NFL. Yeah. Like I said, he was, he was probably the most sure bet in sports you could have put down. If, if you were, if you're into, if you're into that, then that is, he would have been your guy. He would have been your guy. It was, it was an absolute, um, I don't even know what to say. I, I don't know what the right adjective is because I don't know if there's one that would accurately describe just how good and how dominant he actually was. And on top of this, this was um, the last stat that I have for you about Brady. This one just made me laugh because it's it's one of those things where you'd never, you never want to guess this. Uh-huh. So the NFL's all-time receiving leaders in their 40s. Do you know who number one is on that list? He's an all-time great niner. Oh, um, their forties. Yeah, I mean he's the. Was it when he was? Was he when? Well, is it Jerry Rice when he was with the Raiders? So the NFL all-time leading receiver in uh, in his forties is Jerry Rice at number one. Number two on that list is Tom Brady. (laughs) How many yards? Six. (laughs) So Jerry Rice has two thousand one hundred and sixty-nine. And Tom Brady has six. And I wow. think it is that one play. Um, I don't know if I I don't know if it was the Super Bowl, but it was the one where Brady leaked out uh on that pass uh over to the right and like sort of did that crazy one-handed catch. And um yeah, he was still with the Patriots at that time. But yeah, uh yeah. six yards for Tom Brady. So you have Jerry Rice and Tom Brady on a receiving list together. That one, that Two one different really, type of athletes. really made me laugh. <laughs> Two different type of route runners, right there. Exactly, exactly. That one was great. That made me laugh. So I mean, multi talented dude could do it all. <laughs> um, Except when he dropped it in the Super Bowl against so, the Eagles. Yeah, that's true. Um, and one of the conversations, and we're gonna, I'll sort of 
preview of this because we're going to go into depth on this conversation on another episode. But one of the things that Sam and I had talked about recently was sort of where all the major sports are with their with their current situation of athletes because I think you can make a realistic argument that in all of the major sports even and I say majors in terms of America but I'm also going to include talk talking I was combining soccer and tennis soccer I'm going to include soccer and tennis you can make a realistic argument that in the world of sports right now, in all of these major sports and including golf, that the goat of that sport is actually, or somebody who would be in that conversation is currently playing right now. Um, and the thing about it is, is that all of them are sort of getting to the, maybe sort of the end of their career within the next couple of years. So for everybody our age who sort of grew up with all of these <clears throat> greatest of all time players, they're all going to be gone here in a couple of years. Brady's the first one. And this is why well, he's one of the first ones I should say, but um, he's sort of going to be that he's, he's in that conversation for the NFL and having him retire sort of made me think about this. And I think it's going to be a fun conversation. We're going to have Keegan on next week. Um, and he could probably lend more insight to the soccer perspective on this. Um, so it'll, it'll be a fun conversation because I really think there is a, an interesting uh, topic in there. So any last words on, uh, on Brady before we, before we move on? Yeah, I think, you know, I don't think we're going to truly appreciate the greatness that he had until he's gone. I really think that we they, we were all too busy being sick of him showing up in the playoffs too many times and showing up in the Super Bowl too many times to really acknowledge how truly great and one of a kind of a player loves. I mean, Patrick Mahomes already isn't uh, like keeping up with that mm-hmm. uh, pace that Tom set when yeah. he was young. So it, in that in Patrick Mahomes is best young player of all i mean if joe burrow wins maybe that conversation could start up where it's like oh he's yeah. gonna get to he's gonna get to eight super bowls in break town but i mean for right now it is in the sport with probably the highest difficulty to win at the highest level he just mastered that game so much at every age and every decade and every evolution of the game it didn't matter yeah um and you i'm glad you brought that up because that's another that's another interesting conversation that we're also going to have with keegan uh with joe burrow making his way to the super bowl in his second year now brady actually won the super bowl in his second year so that came up earlier this week i heard um but one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to look at the afc and the nfc and all these young quarterbacks that are now in the league and sort of rank where we'd want them like if we were starting the team, what we who we go one, two, three, four, five, so on and so forth, all the way down. So that's gonna be another fun game that we're gonna play with Keegan. All I'm saying is you have to be here next week for the episode. Super Bowl preview, goat talk, quarterback talk. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Now, moving on. <clears throat> There's another big story that we have to get to. Before I get to that, I do want to do like a quick one-minute announcement. This came out earlier today. Um, the Washington football team is now no longer the Washington football team. They announced that they are now the Washington Commanders. 
Um, if you're asking me, the Red Wolves sounded so much better, but they went with the Commanders. What do you feel about the name? Do we like it? Is I mean, it it's got to be something we got to get used to, I think, over time. I mean, I did I mean, think back to when they they said they were just going to be the football team. And I think everyone was like, what? That is so bad. And it kind of grew on everyone. And the logo kind of grew. And um, so I think it'll be the same with this. I mean, if this team has success early, then people will like it. Um, it's not the best name. I, can, I can't think of a name that's better. I think that's pretty hard right now. The Red Wolves. Uh, that was one of the other options. I feel like I, mean, I love that one. <laughs> I mean, it's tough. It's really, it's really tough. I think for a major um, sports franchise to come up with a new name. I think in this day and age, with all the different trademarks and copyrights that are have already been put in place, I think it's it's pretty tough. So, as long as fans of the team don't mind it, then hey, I think it'll work out. The um... The one that I thought, at least the initial name that came to my head, because the Commanders, I was sort of sitting there, and I think you're right. It's just going to have to be something we have to get used to. Commanders on first read, saying it out loud, I was like, yeah, okay. But it was the same sort of thing that I felt when New Orleans, the basketball team, announced they were going to be the Pelicans. And it was like, the Pelicans? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... That's such a weird name, and now they've turned into the Pelicans, and I, I think everybody's fine with it now. So, yeah, you just kind of have to get used to it in that sense, but I'm going B-minus. <laughs> I mean, they have the the impossible job of trying to please everyone with oh, this yeah, name, especially with all the hype and things that went into like this was the most public name search i feel like for any major sports franchise especially this day and age with how um in how like close information is to a touch to get i mean it is just like everything is up for scrutiny i think in this day and age so whatever name they came up with was going to get hated on yeah Yeah. am i am i glad that the niners aren't named the commanders yeah i'm pretty glad yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, well, either way, we have a not a new football team, but a new name in the league, and that is the Washington Commanders. So <clears throat> moving on from that, and there was a little bit of an audio that just got played, so I apologize for that, but I was getting ready for the next story. So <clears throat> big thing is happening in the NFL right now, and it's actually completely unrelated to the Super Bowl or the two games that just played, which – Again, we will get to, but it's not the biggest story as of when this episode is going to get released, which is Thursday. Um, So Brian Flores, former head coach for the Miami Dolphins, and I'm reading this um, from CBS Sports. So this is a nine-slide sort of post on Instagram. The last two are videos. I'm not going to play that. This is just sort of an overview of what is happening right now i don't think there's a lot that we can say about it per se i don't think there's a lot of i guess details and this is something that obviously unless you're in the nfl or a reporter in the nfl this would be really hard for fans to know exactly what goes on because obviously we don't know what goes on with the interview process however i'm gonna read this story anyway so brian flores former head coach of the miami dolphins 
is suing the NFL, Giants, Dolphins, and Broncos for their alleged racism in hiring. So I'll continue reading this post. The suit claims that the NFL has had issues with the Rooney Rule since its inception in 2003. The rule requires that teams interview minority candidates for head coaching and senior operation positions. The suit claims Flores had to sit through a sham interview with with new GM Joe. I don't know how to say his last name. <laughs> so we're just going to say uh, Joe Schoen Sh- or something. I don't know. Uh, the suit alleges Flores met with Broncos management in 2019 in which, the, in which they showed up an hour late. It was obvious they had been drinking heavily the night before. Mm-hmm. The suit claims Flores was told by Dolphins owner Stephen Ross that he would pay Flores $100,000 for every loss the team had in 2019. So here is a statement on the Brian Flores suit from the NFL. It says, the NFL and our clubs are deeply committed to ensuring equitable employment practices and continue to make progress in providing equitable opportunities throughout our organizations. Diversity is core to everything we do. And there are a few issues on which our clubs and our internal leadership team spend more time. We will defend against these claims, which are without merit. And then a, and then a quote from Brian Flores says, my sincere hope is that by standing up against uh, systemic racism racism in the NFL. Others will join me to ensure that positive change is made for generations to come. Sorry, that was some of the audio. Um, <laughs> apparently, um, there is also Brian Flores is including text from Patriots head coach Bill Belichick mm-hmm. in the suit as evidence. Um, I had the text messages, but... We can just summarize them pretty quickly. It's actually really funny, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think it was well not funny in the sense that obviously. Yeah. Not, if you I, well, I just want to no, make like, sure that people don't take that the wrong way. <laughs> but it's just uh, crazy. Like it's crazy that that even happened. Uh, think, yeah. So I think that I think Bill Belichick was basically trying to text Brian Dayball, and mm-hmm. texted Brian Flores, and mm-hmm. Brian Dayball is white. And he was the he was the OC in Buffalo. I um, mean, he was Bill was just trying to congratulate him, um, mm-hmm. and he just texted the wrong guy. Um, so I think I think you know I'm not even going to say. I was going to say I feel like that evidence is being submitted as Flores didn't get told that he didn't get the job. No, and he found out through Bill. Was that what that was for? No, no, it was. Um, well, what I heard. Um... What was the program that I heard about? I don't think it matters, but um, I think it was the Rich Eisen show, actually. Um, Great podcast, by the way. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Bill had texted Brian Flores thinking he was Brian Gable. Um, Gable, yeah. Gable, yeah. yeah. Congratulated him for the job for the New York Giants job. Mm-hmm. It, the day before Flores was supposed to interview for the Giants head coaching job. So he didn't, in the interview, like he hadn't heard anything that the interview was canceled. So all he knew was he was going to go through with the interview, but they already had the guy in mind. Right. So he was, he is putting that in as evidence that he was just included in the coaching search 
to um, satisfy the Ruby rule, pretty much. Right. When right. in, when with, um, but that's showing that shows evidence that the Giants had no intention of actually giving him a fair shot in hiring. Right. 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 And I want to be clear that I want to be clear that when Sam said it's kind of funny, he's not saying that. No, this is racism is funny. No, no, that's not that's not what he's saying. It's crazy. It's crazy that that this is like evidence is shown because Bill Belichick just happened to To choose the wrong Brian. Right. That is so. That's so crazy that 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 is going to be so instrumental in in the in the um the the case for yeah Flores yeah. and his his team to make i mean that is just so happenstance that it's just it's so crazy to me yeah so again the story pretty much just broke not too long ago um as as of the time of this recording so there's not a lot of information out i know brian flores went on get up um mm-hmm. and he got he was interviewed. on um, cbs too yeah, so I know that he's out there and he's talking. Um, so I'm sure you could go find those interviews. We're obviously not going to recap all of those interviews because, truthfully, it's better to go just listen to Brian Flores. Um, but, I mean, truthfully, I hope he wins. I really I really do. Um, I think there's some – there's obviously some merit. So yeah, right now sure. there's only one black head coach in the NFL. It's Tomlin, right? Yep, there's only yeah. one left. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's so crazy because, truthfully, when when I when I heard the news that Brian Flores was fired from Miami, I was shocked. Like that didn't that move doesn't make any sense to me. Didn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. Like he is, I think, one of the up and coming head coaches in the NFL with the job that he did with that franchise, which was pretty much nothing before he got there and he mm-hmm. turned them into you could see them playing hard you could see him playing well defensively you could see the culture that was being reset there under his leadership and um he's only 40 he's younger than Kyle Shanahan and he was able to have success he has he actually has a better winning percentage than Kyle Shanahan has a as a head coach and this guy is unemployed right now the fact that he is, he hasn't been swiped up like swooped out of nowhere, like the fact that New Orleans hasn't picked him up yet is crazy. The fact that yeah. Minnesota yeah. hasn't picked him up yet, like there's, this is the best head coaching, the the best head coach available right now, mm-hmm. and it's crazy that he, he hasn't been picked up, and it's crazy that he's even available. I think that's such a, I think that is so, so mind-numbingly like unexplainable. Yeah, I mean so. The only thing really I think to say about it at the moment is that it's happening. And then if we're giving our opinion, we're in support. We hope he wins, really, because there's a lot of merit in what he's going after. I mean, one black head coach in the NFL is – it's one of those things where you could I, – I know that there are going to be two sides of the argument where it's going to be like, well, they hired who they wanted to hire. It's like, okay, that might be true, but – if you're looking at the optics of the situation, it would suggest otherwise. Um, So I, I feel like there's a strong case. I feel like there's a stronger case um, for Brian Flores in this situation than there is for the NFL, because it's not one of those things where you could, 
where you can hide the evidence or anything like that. All he has to do is go, okay, how many black head coaches are there in the NFL? And there's one. That's it. I mean, that's that's the number right right there. That's that's the most damning number, and you can't hide that. So I think he's got a really good case. And I hope he wins. I really do. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I, I'm going to be very curious to see what comes out from this case because the NFL is going to have to provide some sort of evidence that this isn't a factor in him in his employment and things like that. And then the whole um, owners paying coaches to lose on purpose, if that is put out there and proven true – how damning of evidence is that for owners of the NFL and how many owners are looped into that? And um, I think this, this is just the biggest thing. And Brian Flores, I think talked about this too. He's his name is on this lawsuit, but he is doing this for all the black coaches that have been treated unfairly, like treated without a big of a leash as say their white counterpart. And I think just a few names, I mean, David Coley, who was the um, head coach of the Houston Texans this year, with the worst job ever imagined that he could be thrown into. And with he was given only one year. And I think the Texans outperformed expectations in a lot of people's eyes. And he's fired. Eric Bieniemy. I don't know how he hasn't gotten a head coaching job yet. The OC for Kansas City. So Yeah, it seems like he's been the prize candidate for years now. For a couple yeah. of years now. How many how many people did you hear talking about him in this head coaching cycle? I barely heard his name. Right. I mean, I think like think back to Anthony Lynn with the Chargers, and he only got a couple years on that job. And and not to like because every I do think every circumstance is different, every person is different. But if you were to think like Zach Taylor, who's now in the Super Bowl, if he was treated like a maybe like a black head coach in that position would he have lasted past his first year we don't like it's so we don't know know, but the evidence would suggest not so it's just crazy like are guys getting passed up prematurely and we don't know their true like they could turn into a mike tomlin i think brian flores could turn into a mike tomlin I think he's very comparable to with what he's able to get out of guys and not even like the best guys, but he's able to make like average guys play above their level. I think that is so huge to being an NFL head coach. And it's just crazy that, that he's unemployed. I mean, it is just nuts. I, it'd be really great to see coming out of this, some questions answered. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I'd like to apologize for all the <clears throat> little coughs and sniffles. I'm dealing with a bit of an illness, but I wanted to make sure we still got this episode filmed. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think we can move on from this with just a closing thought of well, good luck, Brian Dave. I'm Brian, oh, Brian Flores. I see, I did it. <laughs> oh, I'm <my> Belichick. <laughs> um, with, you, think, uh, you think Belichick was awkward? You think Belichick was sitting there on his on his iPhone, like, oh God, oh God, I texted the wrong Brian. Like he went through because we've all done that before. We've all texted yeah, the wrong I'm, person. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm sure he didn't think much of it at the time, but now it's being submitted as evidence, and he's like, oh no. <laughs> um, either way, 
again, Brian Flores, we hope you win. You got our support for whatever that's for. I mean, he's going to get paid. There's going to be a settlement probably. I would imagine so. I would imagine so. You know who else is going to get paid? Joe Burrow. Because that dude in his second year has taken the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl. So we do need to talk about the last two games, uh, or two of, I would say, of the last games in the NFL because there is one more left to be played, and that is the Super Bowl between the Rams and the Bengals. So, uh, which one do you want to start with first? Do you want to start with the fun one or the not-so-fun one? They're going to be fun for me either way. So We can start with the not-so-fun one. The not-so-fun one. All righty. The San Francisco 49ers lost to the Los Angeles Rams 20-17, to as we all know. And I think the biggest reason that we could point to is the 49ers only rushed in that game for 50 yards. So there is your reason why. I don't see any other big reason as to why they lost that game other than that. They just didn't control the line of scrimmage on offense or defense. Um, Now, I know that their front seven, Nick Bosa, had a great game. (laughs) He really did. Wasn't his fault. He had a great postseason. He did. He did. Um, but however, again, if if the 49ers were ever going to win that game, and I think they had obviously a phenomenal chance to win that game. They were six and zero against the on uh, their last six appearances against the Rams. They, I wouldn't have been surprised if uh, they won that game by two touchdowns honestly because they've done that (laughs) so even saying that though the biggest reason of why they were going to win that game would have been through the ground and they just never got it established yeah i think this is this question is less about what what the niners failed to do and i think more about the rams defense really stepping up in this game because i think Aaron Donald and that defensive line just did such an amazing job at not giving up ground at the line of script, not getting pushed back and really not giving up a lot of holes for Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel to run through. And late, they turned it up to a different level. That secondary played out of their mind and then just allowed that that um, defensive line to just go to work against the Niners offensive line and really give – Jimmy, just a world of troubles. Well, I actually thought Jimmy, out of the two, out of the three games that they played this postseason, this was his best game. This was his best game. They, I don't think they lost because of Jimmy, but he didn't do anything to elevate them to mm-hmm. win this. Yeah, I think I think this game highlighted because I think I think Jimmy played well apart from the last two series. And really, I, I can't re- – I mean, except for that Jalen Ramsey missed interception, that was easily his worst throw of the night. Um, apart from that, I really didn't think he had that many egregious misses, which usually – going off of the Packer game, you could, he didn't play super sharp. But I think in this game, he actually – he was outplaying Matthew Stafford for most of the game until the fourth quarter. And – I don't know about I mean, that. I think it just 
It well, I mean, when they were up seventeen to seven, he was out playing Matthew Stafford. Yeah, uh, but again, Stafford's numbers at the end of this game look so much better, and that interception, that interception that he throws at the very beginning of the game was a pretty bad pick. Um, but after I, that, I could also say the interception that he threw but didn't throw. You know, in the fourth quarter, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I mean, that throw was ass. I could have made that throw. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, the thing coming out of this, though, the big storyline really is not so much about the 49ers, but what it is about is sort of two redemption stories on the Rams sideline. And that's one mm-hmm. for Matthew Stafford, but two for Odell. I mean, Odell had nine catches for 113 yards. He was a big reason why they won that game. And, you know, for the Rams going forward, <clears throat> this matchup against the Bengals that they have, and we'll get to, we'll get to, we're not going to preview the Super Bowl in this episode because we're going to mm-hmm. do that next episode. It'd take way too damn long. But if I have to say, I think this, this matchup in the Super Bowl is one really interesting because it is two really high powered offenses. The thing that I am going to be really interested in is going to be the Bengals have gotten away so far with having it just like in the middle of the pack and below average offensive line. And now they're about to go up against Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, Leonard Floyd, that defensive line. That is going to be really tough to overcome. I think the Rams have a pretty favorable matchup in this game. So I don't know. I, I, I think the Rams have a really good shot at winning the Super Bowl, and what a turnaround that would be for one Stafford and then two Odell, who finally got to play on a team that, I don't even know what the right word to say, was good. (laughs) Yeah, a team with good vibes, I guess, not stuck in a bad New York situation and a bad Cleveland situation. Um, I think this game was big for – Aaron Donald too. I mean, you saw, they highlighted him talking to the defense on the sidelines. Like it did seem like he was aware that he does, he's not going to get a lot more of these opportunities left to make to the Super Bowl. And he, he knows for his like position, his legacy almost as an NFL player, as a defensive player, he needs to win a Super Bowl. And I think this game was just getting past this Niner team. I mean, if you're a Rams fan, I think this was the perfect run that you could have asked for if you uh, hopefully on your way to win a Super Bowl. I mean, to get past the GOAT, then to get past the team that you haven't been able to beat for three years. And then you're able to hopefully win at home. I think this is, if you're a Rams fan, you are just smiling from year to year right now with the possibility of a Rams victory. So this is actually the first time in NFL history that the Super Bowl will not feature any of the top three seeds from either conference. Mm-hmm. So the lowest so, seeds ever yeah. in the Super Bowl. Here's the thing, <clears throat> and let's talk about the Bengals and Chiefs game for a second too. I know that, or at least I'm assuming, that if you're the NFL, the matchup that you wanted for ratings mm-hmm. would have been the Chiefs and the Rams. You get the Bengals and the Rams. So you get one of those two. However, I do think that the world is starting to fall in love with Joe Burrow, that I think it's going to be good either way. 
Um, I think the ratings are going to be great either way because Joe Burrow has cemented himself as a superstar in the league, not just for his play, but also his personality. Like the dude, I mean, Joe cool is, I mean, really that's what he is to be able to go into Kansas city and do what he did, do what they did to the chiefs. And that was really impressive. I mean, it was 21 to 10 going into the half. That stop that the Bengals got right before halftime was huge. It was absolutely huge for literally three days. For Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, if you turned on Get Up, they were talking about that play for for so long. And one of the damning things that they pointed out, which I didn't notice in the moment, was when Patrick Mahomes threw it out to Tyree Kill in the flat and he went down, the clock was at zero for like a second or two. And Mahomes is sitting there calling a timeout, which was bad, one, because he wasn't aware of the clock. And two, they didn't have a timeout. Right. So that was that struck me as such a weird thing. And what ended up happening is that totally shifted the field for the whole game. The whole game. The Bengals were absolutely lifeless. And that was the jolt they needed. And they never looked back. It's one of those things in sports. Momentum is 100% real 100% real in any sport and they just took that and ran with it and the thing that I kept hearing that they did in the second half was they deliberately decided to rush three they dropped eight and they let Patrick Mahomes stay in the pocket and they just said we're going to cover everybody and good luck beating us Mm -hmm. Um, because the one thing that the Chiefs didn't do was run the football (laughs) They didn't end up running the football. They resorted back to who they were. And I think they were averaging over, I think they were averaging like over five yards a carry when they were actually deciding to rush the football. And they just never did. Yeah, it's crazy that a team, a team with so many smart like coaches and a, a genius coaching staff can like almost fall prisoner of the moment and be like, like not be able to step back and think we just need to run this ball. Like we are, we are up 14. We're, we're up uh, 18 at going into the halftime, right? It was 21 to three. Was 21 it 21? It was 21. Um, and they got the ball to start the, the second half. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I get, I get it because Patrick in the first half looked like, the best oh, he's probably he was, ever looked. Okay, so I heard a number about this. You're a hundred percent right. In yeah, the was, first, did you hear the QBR stat? Mm-hmm. The first and second. So here, go. You can go ahead and say that one then. Well, he had. Um, I think it was like a ninety-eight. Yeah. On a scale of zero to hundred for QBR, which is, I don't. It's, I can't remember the last time I've heard a QB at. Yeah, so high. it's the number that for those who don't know, it's QBR is the stat for quarterbacks that tracks everything and basically spits out a number for how good you're playing from zero to 100. Yeah, 50s average. And then that was for the first half that he played because he was like, what, like 11 of 11 or something like that? It was crazy. He was yeah. unbelievable. Three, three touchdowns. It, yeah, and then the second half, he had a QBR of like two. It was one. It was like 1.4. Yeah. It was insane. <laughs> I don't know how you explain that. I mean, I don't get the – I don't buy into the sentiment that 
Patrick Mahomes was in a slump this year. I mean, if, right. a, if a slump is the numbers that he put up and then getting his team to an AFC championship, I think he would take that every single the year. The team That's, was in a bit of a slump. <laughs> I mean, they, they weren't as dominant as years past, but no team was this year. No. Um, and I think Mahomes is still that guy. I think Mahomes is still the best young player, best young quarterback in the NFL. Like, there is he no had- doubt in my mind. He had 4,839 yards, 37 touchdowns, and 13 picks. Like, that's an amazing season. <laughs> Did he have an awful half of football? Yeah, he had an awful Absolutely. half of football against a – give the credit to the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, for switching up their defensive game plan and really oh, yeah. putting Kansas City in a funk, I mean, all credit to them. That – that kind of gives me hesitancy going into the Super Bowl, the way their defense was able to play. I cannot wait to talk about the game next week. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, still, Mahomes is still a great player. Um, I'm true, I'm truly shocked that Cincinnati won, though. I yeah, I I'm in agreement with that. The one thing, the one question that I wanted to ask you, and Greeny talked about this a lot on his show, and I thought it was a really good question. Um, he was asking, it was the question of who does this loss stick to? Like, is this going to be a loss that sticks to Mahomes throughout his career? Like, are we going to look back and go, this one's on him? (laughs) Um, and they were saying, he was saying that it does. Other people were saying it sticks a lot on Andy Reid because Andy Reid is infamous for winning, for losing a lot of these big games. And the argument that Greeny was making was that in, he'd pretty much been perfect in the playoffs. One, he had a Super Bowl win, but in his other losses, you know, the one last year with the deflated offensive line, like he still he actually well. he played as good of a game as he could have under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. So give him a pass for that one. And then I think the one that he lost to Brady, he never got the ball back. Yeah, he played well. Um, he played really well. And he played great. So no blemishes. But this one, this one was kind of on him. So I don't I don't really believe in that because I think you're you're as good as what you do, what you've done recently. Like, do we even think about Tom Brady's playoff losses? Like he's played poorly in AFC yes, championship games. He and it's never talked so about. different. But he's so different than everybody else because of what he has won. But what I'm saying is if Mahomes were to go out, not even next year, but the year after and win another Super Bowl, I don't think we're going to be sitting here and saying, oh, man, but I don't know if the Chiefs can do it because of that that loss. That they, Remember what, what Mahomes put up against Cincinnati in 2022? Like, I don't think this game defines but him as a player But people still whatsoever. talk about LeBron in that Dallas series. It's still something people bring up. I don't think very prominent. Maybe not, but it's still there. And I guess, I guess the question is just interesting because one of the people who are one of the players who is actually playing in the league right now is one of those guys who maybe has quote unquote underachieved in his career, and that's Rogers. Mm-hmm. Rogers is one of those guys who, if he only wins one Super Bowl, you're going to look back and go. It's crazy that he only won one because winning two is totally different than winning one. Um, so it's just, 
I don't know. I think Mahomes is going to get back to the Super Bowl. I think he's going to have plenty more chances to do that. Yeah. The thing is, is that it's really hard to win one. So I really, it's hard because as a Raiders fan, I want to see them lose <laughs> every day. <laughs> but I guess, but I have nothing against Mahomes, you know, like I really, right. he's an amazing player to watch. So for his sake, it's one of those things where I hope he gets more opportunities to win more because I don't know. I mean, he's so freakishly talented. It would be almost, and it's one of those things where it's like, it'd be a shame to be Aaron Rodgers. And it's like, that's a dumb statement to make because Rodgers is insane, but Rodgers is only one, one. And that's a category that he's going to be put in regardless of anything else. Like you're going to look back at Rodgers career and go, he only won one. It'd be a shame to be like Matthew Stafford's career, right? Well, if he wins one, then <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I just I don't think one half of football defines. But I don't think so that, either. That game I doesn't don't think make so me either. think any less of Crash Mahomes. I think you'd be crazy to think that this that game had any lasting effect. No, so I I agree with you in the sense that it doesn't make me turn turn an eye to back Mahomes at all. I don't think it changes anything about. Him. And that's not, and I should be clear, that's not what they were saying on ESPN earlier this week. But what they were saying more specifically was when we look back at his career, there are going to be certain things that we point out, the championships and the losses. And some losses you're going to be able to say were his fault and were not his fault. This one, this one's on him. This one but is what, on him. What is, is that in the conversation of like greatest player of all time or like placing him? Well, it could be because the argument is, is is that if you're the argument is, is do the greats lose that game? You're up 21 to 10 at halftime. You win that game. Tom played 22 seasons and he went to the Super Bowl 10 times. That means he didn't make the Super Bowl 12 times. Yeah. And he also lost in the Super Bowl. I don't think those games define like if we were to look at it in that way tom only had seven successful seasons out of 22 like that would make it sound like he's a failure but no he's actually all-time great like patrick mahomes has won a super bowl in four seasons that he's been starting or is it five now can't remember i think it's four because he started the stat was i think that he's been four straight afc championship games so. As a starter, yeah, I mean that yeah. is just nuts. Because they lost to Brady, they won the Super Bowl, they lost, and then they were in this one, right? So, yeah. Well, it's an interesting conversation, and I think one that is going to be had going forward. I mean, we debate; everybody debates this all the time, and that, that's what the show that's what this show is about is just debating dumb stuff like that. Like uh, I don't, I, I mean, you brought up the LeBron thing. I don't think people bring up the Dallas thing anymore because he won in Cleveland and because he won in Los Angeles. I think championships cure all really. You can't argue with a, with another ring, but losing in the championships is also something that is going to be counted against you in the legacy debate, but it's almost, why would you be counted harshly for a thing that's almost expected? Like everyone says winning a Super Bowl is so difficult then why would we punish someone for not doing something that is so difficult? That's counterintuitive. Yeah. yeah. You know, like he is just, he was one of the final four teams. Like I don't slight the Niners whatsoever for not making the Super Bowl. I think this season was 
incredible. Well, that's the, also a different standpoint. perspective, I think, because the Niners played above expectation. But not then, their own expectations, because they expected to be in the Super Bowl just like the Chiefs did. Right, but the outside for the outside perspective on the 49ers was that they squeaked into the playoffs, which they did because they won in the last game, just like the Raiders. We both squeaked in. Um, and I'm it only should saying, not have been that close. <laughs> right, and I'm only saying that because, and I'm not saying that just to bring in the Raiders, but I'm saying it's one of those situations where those last couple teams that get in, sometimes they squeak in. And the Raiders squeaked in. Isn't it crazy and they that, a magical run. that I would say that the positive, there's more positivity in Vegas than there probably is in Kansas City right now? And two teams that finished in completely different spots. I don't know, because a lot of the fans are not happy with McDaniels as a hire. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hope Oh, we didn't even talk about that. I'm hopefully optimistic. I why didn't um, why didn't the Raiders sign Brian Flores? I don't know. Or Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> why wasn't Jim Harbaugh is going back to Michigan? He announced that. So that was out of the, maybe that was never maybe that was never in. I mean, who knows how close that actually came to be? Would you would you um, be mad if it came out that they signed uh, McDaniel's over Harbaugh? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. So. Yeah, but I I get what you're saying. I mean, Kansas. I mean, in, in Kansas City, it's championship or bust, really. And they didn't get it, so it's a bit of a bust. So, but I think it's an interesting conversation because when we come to the conversations about these players, legacy comes in. Legacy is what we talk about. And this is going to be something that people talk about when you ask if he was the greatest of all time. And obviously, nobody's going to be the greatest of all time after Brady. But when you go to who's the next, um, that's going to be – people will talk about that. Whether or not they um, use it as – ammunition i don't know but with, it will get brought up i promise you that with uh tom now retired is patrick mahomes the new face of the league is patrick <laughs> dude burl might be the new face of the <laughs> with how much people are falling in love with him here's the thing and we had this conversation this is why you gotta listen to the show because we have had conversations like this before about other sports we talked about this in golf with tiger woods not being in the picture anymore and who was going to be the face of golf and we had the debate whether or not it was good for golf to have multiple faces and have a lot of really good players or one dominant player i think the nfl is going to fall into that category as well in the sense that brady leaves maybe you can make the argument that it's rogers but i don't know if rogers is a likable enough person he's really divisive but <laughs> like tom, I, a lot of, tom is tom wasn't likable for the majority of his career i don't well maybe because maybe. he was so successful it's not because like he was a bad person or like a bad that's what but, I, but that's like, the difference exactly. that's the difference though yeah that is the difference because it, he wasn't doing anything off the field that was pissing people off it was just the fact that good freaking lord brady's still in the super bowl <laughs> and so it, but so it came it was more of a sports hatred i think than anything else um so now, yes, with him leaving, you have all these other quarterbacks, and it really is a question of who is the face of the league. And I think you can make an argument for a couple of people. 
I think it's I Mahomes. Think... I mean, well, no, I think it's Rodgers. I think if I were to judge the face of the league, I think it would be who would have the most pressure to succeed based off of their greatness. And I think that is automatically heaped on, onto Rodgers. I the think got to be there. Rhea. Mahomes would be next. And then you're talking about who would be second. Allen. As of right now, I think it's either Burrow or Allen. Yeah. Um, yeah. If Burrow wins. If, if Burrow <laughs> wins, then we're going to have a serious different conversation. We're going to have a really different conversation. Yeah. Um, and it'll be him if he wins. If he, at least for the next season, it'll be him. <laughs> we'll, t- we'll talk about this more, to- more next week. But if he were to go to go from national championship, first overall pick, that Super Bowl winner in three he consecutive won, years. He also won the Heisman too, right? And he won the Heisman, and he's going to do it all three of those things with Jamar Chase. That is just what. <laughs> like how not, the, the same the same logic that Brian Flores is unemployed is the same explanation that I think goes into how Burrow is having this much success in a three year span. Like there's it's just unfathomable. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah. He he turned around LSU immediately mm-hmm. championship. Turned around Cincinnati. I'm gonna say immediately. Because you're not supposed to be able to do this this quickly. The fact that they made the playoffs was a turnaround. Oh yeah, it was a successful <laughs> season making it to the playoffs. And then they got the Raiders. Um, but just, so the Raiders could have done the AFC a whole big favor if they just oh, beat they Cincinnati. Could've. They could have. Oh. Um, so it's the Raiders' fault. Yeah. And the Raiders are <laughs> the AFC is so clogged up with Mahomes. Herbert, Burrow, Allen, Jackson. Oh, I need to. I need to do a quick little um, uh, just announcement to Aaron Rodgers. Look, Aaron, if you are listening to the show, <laughs> and I don't think you are. <laughs> However, if you are listening, I will give you anything to stay away from Denver. <laughs> oh my God, I. I called my dad in the middle of my shift the other day, and I was like, dude, I'm getting really sick and tired of listening to all this talk about Aaron Rodgers coming to Denver. It's really starting to bother me. And I was sitting there, and I was like, I was screaming in my van. I was like, for the love of God, please go anywhere else but Denver. And then somebody brought up the point. And this is just a super hypothetical because both of these have not happened. And we have no idea if this is going to happen. But roll with me here on this for a second. Mm-hmm. You remember last season when Russell Wilson announced the teams that he might want to play for and Vegas was on that list. Can you imagine in a world where Wilson goes to Vegas and Rodgers goes to Denver. The quarterback grouping in the AFC West would be Rodgers, Mahomes, Herbert, and Wilson. In a a world where Russell Wilson is probably the worst quarterback, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's nuts. That's that you could you could make an argument that those guys are four of the top five quarterbacks in the league. I'm. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not saying 
I'm not saying that that necessarily is quote unquote accurate or the list that I would make, but there's a case for all of them. Um, and Rodgers and Mahomes would be in there. The other two, you could make very strong cases for. I'm not saying they'd be on my list, but they would be in the discussion. Um, we so almost, I was just, oh, we almost had Herbert. Burrow and Mahomes all in the playoffs. And Allen. <laughs> and Allen. All, oh. And we missed out on Lamar. If the Ravens stayed healthy, they're in the playoffs. Well, yeah. I mean, if Pittsburgh well, in the made playoffs. the playoffs, then I yeah, think exactly. could have. <laughs> yeah. So, but for the love of God, Eris, <laughs> do not come Aaron, to Denver. Eris, <laughs> work with me here. Come on. Just go <laughs> to Pittsburgh. Not- Go to Pittsburgh. Go to Indy. Go to, Indy. Go to San Francisco. Like, yeah, please, go anywhere else. They won't trade in San Francisco. Go anywhere else but Denver. Not Denver. Not, if, if he comes to Denver and he goes to the AFC West, that show that we have to record, I will not be here. You're going to be on vacation? Ben will host with you or Keegan. I don't know. <laughs> we'll get somebody else. Yeah. Because I just I I couldn't I couldn't. I don't know. Why would they even watch next season? <laughs> like seriously, you go into each season hoping that your team is going to make the playoffs. They actually did this year. That one of the teams that they had to beat twice this year was Denver. <laughs> they did it. They won't beat Denver. <laughs> <laughs> they will not beat them. They got their ass handed to them by Kansas City twice. They barely beat Denver twice, and they split with the Chargers. You cannot have Rodgers come to the AFC West. It just would – oh, man, that would be so horrible. That would be the worst thing ever. That would be so cool for the NFL. For the NFL, yes, it would be a great thing. Um, but for Raiders fans, you just sit there and you go, <laughs> like the drafting of Mahomes and him turning out to be what he did, it was like, great. Now we got to see him. Like we had Alex Smith to deal with for a long time. Now they just replace him. It's like, okay, Phillip Rivers, another 15 years of Phillip Rivers. Okay, he's gone. Who do they got? Okay, Tyrod Taylor's fire. Fine. Long stab. Oh, here comes Herbert. <laughs> and now Herbert's here for another 15 years. Oh, they're and starting Tyrod. They're starting Tyrod Taylor. We can, we might win a couple games then. We're fine with that. Oh my dear. Jab. Herbert. And then oh god. I guess your only your only Lord and Savior is Drew Locke now. He's got to show Denver yeah. something. Yeah, stay there. Stay there, Drew Locke. Stay there. <laughs> <laughs> or or you know what? Bring in Taysom Hill and have a quarterback competition. Hey, uh, Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston's out there. Jimmy G is out there. <laughs> Go get yourself Carson Wentz. Everybody's anybody's an upgrade. No have one's, no one's have Rogers go to Indianapolis and then Carson Wentz go to Denver. There you go. There you go. We beat Carson Wentz with Indy at Indy. That's how you do it right there. Oh God! Uh, if he goes to Denver, I'm I'm quitting. I'm quitting Chico, and I'm driving to Denver, and I'm puncturing his lungs. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a threat. That's a <laughs> Not <lightning> threat. <laughs> oh my gosh! Whatever. 
Oh, this, anyway. this really took a turn. Yeah, anyway, on more positive um, vibes. One of the things, we'll close out sort of the sports talk because I've had enough of discussing Kid Rogers. <laughs> um, I saw a post the other day, and this is about, um, this is for movie fans. A lot of good movies coming out. Uh, this upcoming month okay uh, hit me big big one big one coming out for anybody um uncharted the movie by the way i played all four of those games the casting for this movie terrible i it i love tom and i'm not selling you're not selling this movie <laughs> no i'm not selling this movie but it is it is i'm not saying i'm not saying that the movie isn't going to be great because it might be great however they went the younger drake route which did get established in the games but I think for enthusiasts of the games, I love Tom and I love Mark, but they weren't the right picks for the characters, um, regardless. So I wanted to talk about this movie post that I saw. It was from an Instagram account um, called Films Vibes. And it all it was was they listed 10 movies and they did a one-sentence description. It says film plots explained badly so i'm gonna read them to you and i'm gonna ask you what movie you think it is all right okay okay so i'll give you is there they're upcoming movies no they're not upcoming movies um they are movies that have been out um and i think you've seen all of these movies okay Um, okay so we'll test for you so these are supposed to be funny and mm-hmm. I can give you a hint at the beginning of it. So here we go. One sentence description. The film plots explained it badly. Leonardo DiCaprio wanders frozen wasteland in search of an Oscar. <laughs> the Revenant. The Revenant. That one made me laugh. All right. Here we hey, go. He earned, he earned that Oscar. He earned that Oscar. <laughs> All right. Here you go. A billionaire devotes his fortune to cosplay and beating up the mentally ill. Is that, um, that's not Fifty Shades of Grey, is it? No, so this one is The Dark Knight. (laughs) Oh! A billionaire devotes his fortune to cosplay and beating up the mentally ill. Alright, here you go. Okay. Here's another one. Father reunites with lost son Wants him to take over the family business. This one is, is going to be re- Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an awesome description. <laughs> that one made. Wait, laugh. is it um, Empire Strikes Back? Uh, episode four. Episode four. So the the first. He doesn't. Ask I think I think that's a new hope. He doesn't ask to join. That's. I don't that's think he wrong. asked him to join, but it's. I mean, that's wrong. Anyway, so here's this one. This one is only four words. <laughs> a series of naps. <laughs> this one's hard. This is another Leo movie. Another what? This is another DiCaprio movie. Oh, so it's Inception? Yeah, a series of naps. <laughs> a dream inside a dream. Yeah. So here you go. Drug addicted girl takes advantage of mentally challenged boy for three decades. Drug addicted. So I'll give you a hint. Takes advantage of mentally challenged boy for three decades. So he it's did a like lot a of running. Forrest Gump. Yes. <laughs> Ouch. 
I, did, I honestly wouldn't have thought of, I was thinking like a sci-fi because that's a pretty long three decades yeah I guess right, yeah, they, met, they met as kids so my, this was my Jedi. so so this one was a, this is describing three movies so the oh. context here is, is it a trilogy yes group spends nine hours returning jewelry <laughs> is it wait returning jewelry Oh, specifically one piece of jewelry. The Lord of the Rings? The Lord of the Rings group spends nine hours returning jewelry. <laughs> I don't know why I thought the Oceans trilogy, but they didn't the even Oceans steal. Trilogy. No, yeah. They didn't even steal jewelry. So here you go. Here's another one. We only got a few more. So here's this one. Single father tries to end world hunger with his rock collection. <laughs> This is a Marvel movie. <laughs> oh, so Infinity War? Single father tries to end world hunger with his rock collection. <laughs> All right, going back to DC. Billionaire afraid, oh, paranoid billionaire afraid of imprinting. Oh, uh, Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman. <laughs> there you go. All right, so this is the Disney movie. Young girl with mental illness talks to furniture and marries her kidnapper. Oh, um, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. And then the last one. This one was my favorite. (laughs) Okay. AI reads the internet and decides genocide is the only solution. (laughs) AI reads the internet. What what AI? I don't know. That is Avengers: Age of Ultron. <laughs> okay. <laughs> AI reads the internet and decides genocide is the only solution. So that one and the Star Wars one, the father reunites with lost son. I do. To take I do like. How, I think that was the most accurate one. I agree. I like, I liked the um, the series of maps. Mm-hmm. So I think I I loved that idea, and I would love for us to do that one time. We should pick five movies, ones that we've known that we each other have seen. Mm-hmm. We'll do our descriptions, and then we'll see if the other one can guess. Okay, I could I could uh, try that out. I think that would be fun. I think that would be fun. So. Um, I yeah, yeah. That that made me laugh. I read those to my dad, and yeah, did he get them all? He did not get them all. Um, some of them are some of them are like movies you wouldn't even like. I didn't even think of Forrest Gump. No, um, no. Um, but I mentioned I mentioned earlier that this was a, a big month for movies, and I sort of skipped over it because I blanked on all the movies that are coming out. But um, <laughs> Moonfall is coming out, Death of the Nile is coming out, uh, Uncharted is coming out. Uh-huh. Um, if you like Channing Tatum, his movie Dog is coming out. That looks pretty good. Um, yeah, Jackass Forever is coming out. I've never really seen any of the Jackass movies. They're but, pretty funny. But honestly, I think I'm just going to go see it because I think I'm just going to want to laugh and it looks funny. <laughs> yeah. If you like, um, if you like 
guys getting hit in the balls. Jackass is a pretty good exactly course. exactly. So quite a quite a good amount of movies coming out this month. So um, all right. Well, if you did stick around to the end of this episode, we really do appreciate it. Next week we are having Keegan back. We're gonna preview the Super Bowl. We have to do the quarterback ranking system that we talked about, and then we'll have the GOAT conversation as well in all of those sports. And we're, we're recapping the Pro Bowl, right? Because we're, we're both watching the Pro Bowl? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, Mac Jones getting appointed into the Pro Bowl ahead of Derek Carr makes no sense. Wait, what? Mac Jones got put in as an alternate for the Pro Bowl, and Derek Carr did not. I'm sorry. That is blasphemy weird right <laughs> Mac Jones did not play well at the end no, of the year no and for a guy who was top five in the NFL in passing yards all year and made like, the playoffs and made the playoffs did Jimmy little, G make the Pro Bowl I don't know and I don't care <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> um you know what actually would have been funny is the Pro Bowl would have been, if he did make it, it would have been his last time putting on a 49er helm. <laughs> yeah, his last throw was that damn shovel pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's harsh. That's harsh. Well, again, we've got a lot to do next week on the next episode 120. It's going to be a lot of fun. Keegan's going to be back. He'll get to talk about his Bengals being in the Super Bowl, and I get to talk to him about how the Rams, I hope beat them because I now have a grudge against the Bengals. <laughs> so, all righty. Everybody have a fantastic week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Pro Bowl, I guess. Um, and we will see you all next week. I love you, Jimmy. I don't. You don't? No.